if you've ever seen somebody and you're just like, why are they working that many hours? Why are they giving up everything for that relationship? Why are they, you know, whatever? Why are they doing this? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, you're seeing worship at play. Welcome to the podcast. We're leading up to Easter. I'm sitting here with Chad, and we are talking about the life of Jesus before the crucifixion and resurrection. And leading up to these events, Jesus has this moment with Mary and the disciples. This is after the resurrection of Lazarus, and and it's this moment that's this. It's a picture of worship. Chad, why don't you kind of give us the scene, give us the story of of what's going on in this passage? Well, it's important to understand the context. So this is right after. Uh, Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus was dead and is made alive again. Which, let, let's pause there, because we, we talked about it last week on the on the podcast. It's a pretty big deal for someone to be dead, someone to be like, I got this, God, I'm praying, mostly just so that they know that you're the one doing this. All right, Lazarus, come on out. Well, he was so dead, they were worried about him smelling the smell. bad. Yeah, they yeah, didn't want to open up. Yeah, yeah we, we don't want to open this up because that's that's not going to be So good. he's not just dead. He's, he's dead, dead. He DRT, dead yeah. right there. Yep. Yeah. And so he shows up and everyone's like, he's still wearing the burial clothes we put him in. Like, that's right. This is incredible. And and word spreads quickly. That's the kind of news that, that makes the headlines. And so now crowds are starting to gather. They're going, where is he? We want to see him. And, uh, and so that's kind of the context of what's going on leading up to this moment. Mary understands who Jesus is mm-hmm. and she has this worship moment. But when you read this in your Bible in John, is it 12? Yeah. John 12. Thank you. Uh, when you read this in your Bible, it'll, it'll say that she anoints him, uh, which I'll ask the teaching pastor this question. Um, people in this day and time are anointed for burial. Is, is there any symbolic meaning and now, even though Jesus has raised a dead man to life, he's being anointed. Yeah. Is there any symbolic connection with him being anointed here, knowing that soon he'll be going to the cross? Yeah. Well, Jesus himself says, he says, well, that, that was intended for my burial. Uh, as he, so just to skip ahead here a little bit, uh, Judas is about to go, why is, she, why is she wasting all this stuff on Jesus? Like, this is valuable stuff. Well, the, the word there for the perfume she anoints Jesus with, when you read your Bible, it's the word nard. Which we all why, have. Why don't, they, why don't they just market that nowadays? <laughs> Here I am wearing nard. Yeah. Well, the eau de toilette that's on all the perfume kind of baffles me to this day too. But Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I couldn't, I couldn't resist that. Yeah. It's expensive perfume. It's very expensive to, to the point where Judas... Mr. Self-righteous, Mr. You know, noble character Judas. And just to say this out loud, self-righteous people are always hiding something. Yeah. So he, he's like, oh man, we could have given that to the poor. We could have sold it and given it to the poor and all that. And Jesus is like, this, this is for my burial. This when is you, When you read the passage, it says, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, John says, yeah, yeah. He said that because he was like skimming. That's right. Skimming out of the petty cash. He's the treasurer for yeah, the disciples. So, he so he's stealing the money. one. We yeah. could have gave that to the poor. Yeah. Slash myself. And, uh, and so here he is, you know, trying to come across as righteous, right? So, which is what I do when, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little self-righteous. What we do is all of a sudden we try and we, we clothe it and we mask it in, oh, well, I'm, I just want to be generous to the poor with it. But he's hiding his, pure, his impure motives in this moment. Um, and then Jesus just says, basically, 
dude, stop it. Just be quiet. And, uh, and he says, no, this was meant for my burial. So Jesus, in fact, leading up to this, he keeps telling his disciples, we're going to Jerusalem. They're going to kill me. And there's going to be a resurrection. Like there, there's places in scripture leading up to it. He flat out tells them, and it just keeps going over their heads. They just cannot wrap their minds around what's about to take place. Well, there's that one moment in Mark when he's like, yeah, they're going to beat me and, and, and insult me and I'm going to be beat to a pulp and then they're going to kill me and I'm going to die. Yeah. And, and the two guys, two to subs are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who's can, your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> can, can we sit on your right and your left? We talked yeah. to our mom about it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Jesus has got to be going, yeah. do you not just hear what I said? So to, to answer your question, throughout the Old Testament, you, you do have these moments where there's anointing and, it, and it's typically, it's, it's a blessing. It's a, you're entering into a season. So uh, King David, before he's king, he's anointed mm-hmm. uh, by the priest and it's, it, he's, he's taking on... Um, this position that God has blessed him with. And it's symbolic of that. You are now anointed to be king. And so uh, anointing has all kinds of, of symbolism, blessing, uh, stepping into this this new role, this new season. And, and so Jesus is being anointed, uh, but at the same time, it was also used these perfumes and spices and all of that in, in preparation for burial. And, and so there's kind of this, this both and, uh, I believe, symbolically going on where she's going, I'm pouring out everything sacrificially and it is an anointing. Jesus is stepping into his role as king. Uh, he's he's going to have his triumphal entry and he's going <laughs> to enter in and, you know, Hosanna, God save us and the Messiah is here. And, and at the same time, he's, he's being prepared for burial and, and both are true. In, yeah. in this moment. So it's this combination of anointing the king of kings mm-hmm. and anointing him for for burial and death and the sacrifice he's about to make. What what always uh, blows me away, and of course you have the Judas thing and self-righteousness and all that, uh, but she just kind of loses it. Mm-hmm. Um it's As she's not thinking a, about Jesus. It's not a composed, if you're thinking regal, anointing, whatever. No. It is a snotty, blubbery mess of an anointing, but it's beautiful yeah. at the same time. Yeah. We, we call that moment worship. Mm-hmm. So she takes this very expensive thing. It was probably the most valuable thing she owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just gives it all. Yeah. Worship is such an interesting thing because typically when we say that word, we, we put it in the context of church, religion, but reality is um, all of us, all of us worship. Mm-hmm. When we were getting ready for the series, um, we, we write these little papers and I kind of write out kind of what we want to teach in the context of the series. It gives us focus to it. Um, but when I was talking about this passage of scripture and I'm typing away, I literally wrote, worship is focused hope. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I wrote that, I was like, oh, that's of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, to just ask the question. What is it in your life right now that you would give up big things to get it because of what you think it would do for you, your life, your, your soul? That's focused hope. Meaning, um, and you and I can kick around examples, mm-hmm. Robert, or, or maybe things you've seen or experienced or done. Um, but, but some of us, we have a focused hope when it comes to our job. Mm-hmm. And we give up a lot uh, for the corner office right? We'll give up time with our kids. We'll give up time with our spouse. Uh, some of us have given up our marriage for that corner office. I mean, we just got to be in the C-suite, baby. Mm-hmm. 
And it's this idea, if I focus all of my attention here, there's a hope there. We, we, we give a, a credit to what that thing is going to do to our lives once we get it, right? Yeah. So it's focused hope. And it's almost like when I get the corner office, I will have redeemed my own, my own life. Yeah. And all of us are worshiping something. And in this moment, Mary understands. I mean, Jesus just rose a dude from the dead, yeah, right? So she, that probably she started helped. to put the pieces together. And, and real, real quick before we go into that, because um, some people it is, this is what I would give everything for. Uh, for for some people, I think that that focused hope comes out in a in a negative way, in a sideways way. Um, so let let me say it by asking the question: um, If you've ever had anxiety over something, uh, what what is it? And and it could be that it's a reoccurring anxiety. What is it that gives you anxiety? What is it that all of a sudden you get you get nervous? You get worried. You're afraid for maybe not because you're talking about gaining something. Maybe you're afraid you're going to lose something. Um, and, and you have those feelings of, of anxiety. One of the interesting things, and Jesus talks about this in his, his Sermon on the Mount, are our emotions, the, those feelings, the anxieties that we have actually are revealing our devotions. And so when you talk about focused hope- Wait a second. Did I you rhyme. just rhyme? I know, I know. I, emotions are revealing our devotions. Our emotions reveal our devotions. The things we get worked out up That's about, really good. the things we get anxious about, it, it's our heart's way of telling us you're devoted to that thing. Um, I don't get anxious about things I don't care about. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get anxious about who won or lost the Super Bowl because I didn't have a team in that that Super Bowl. I watched the Super Bowl and I just enjoyed it. Now, when the Cardinals played the Steelers, however many years ago that was, two thousand eight, something like that, I was a nervous wreck the whole time. I was very emotional all throughout the game because I was devoted to the Cardinals. And so uh, that's true in life. The things that we get anxious about. For me, I had a season I was very anxious about finances and it ended up revealing and it took counseling. Uh, I was devoted to money and finding stability in, in money. Um, our emotions reveal our our devotions. It's our focused hope on things other than God come out as anxiety or it comes out as great drive. I'll do anything for that corner office. I'll sacrifice anything mm-hmm. to get whatever that thing we're chasing is. So uh, both can reveal the same thing, but they're, they at the core, it's focused hope. So just to ask this question to everybody listening, because I'm asking it to myself as you're talking, what do you think would redeem your life? Um, what net worth would redeem your life? Uh, if you're a single adult, uh, you know, what relationship, right? If you're married, what relationship? What what would redeem your life? Right now, what area, what thing would you put your hope in that you would say, ooh, I got that. The if only thing. Yeah, then I'd I'd be I'd be complete. Whatever that is, um, the Bible word for that is is an idol. And and we tend to worship it. It's it's focused hope. And, and everybody worships. Look, let me ask you this, because you said um, one of the things that, in my own mind, worry, anxiousness. There's some things I, I want to be devoted to. Um, if I have anxiety over my marriage, well, I, I want to be devoted there. If I have anxiety over my children, I want to be devoted there. Is that wrong? What, what, would you, what would you say to some of those kinds of questions? Yeah, it's, so you're talking about good things. And and I think the the dividing line between okay now it's crossed into what the Bible would call idolatry. It's, it's when good things become ultimate things. This relationship is the end all be all. That's of my right. Existence. That's right. Yeah. Um, but caring about your marriage is not a bad thing. Sure. Caring for your kids. In fact, 
Bible talks about, you better take care of your family. <laughs> if not, you're you're worse than a than a pagan unbeliever. Like, no, no, no. We we love people and, and we want to care and we want to invest in our relationships and we want to invest in what matters most. But it's not the ultimate thing. Yeah. Um and 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 that's that that line, which I wish I could draw very clear, like, here's when you know you crossed over that that line. Um, apart from kind of what we're talking about anecdotally and, and principally, it, it's hard to give an exact, here, here's when you've crossed it. But if, if it becomes the ultimate thing, the most important thing in your life, if that's your marriage, that's become an idol. Yeah. Well, and, and here's what happens. So let's go with marriage. When I'll talk to the men, right? So if you're expecting your wife to continually make you feel like a man, um, you're going to be sorely disappointed mm-hmm. and she's going to be really frustrated uh, because she can't make you a man. God did that, right? And what happens is when we put all that pressure on her, um, we can't love her anymore mm-hmm. uh, because we're just trying to get something from her all the time. Yeah, and And all of a sudden it shuts down all of the things that are needed for a healthy relationship. And we take a good thing Mm-hmm. We're making an ultimate thing. Mm-hmm. My identity, my security, my whatever rest and the power that she has, right? Yeah. And um, that's that's really unhealthy. So that's that's an example. And Well, and the irony of all that is, so if you make God the ultimate thing, be devoted in your marriage. Put work in your marriage. Focus on your marriage. Put God first. Your marriage will get better. Well, it gives Your you relationship sh- will get stronger. It gives you strength in your marriage because yeah. now I'm standing on solid ground instead of all of my hope being in a human being and human beings screw up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment, because we're going to have bad days and, and things are going to feel shaky and there's going right. to be moments where the the emotions, once again, those feelings, they're going to, you're going to have days you really feel in love, days you don't feel so in love. Mm-hmm. And, and if everything in your life is built on that, your life's going to be so shaky and, and it's going to cause us to do foolish things. When you put your trust in God, that foundation is rock solid. When we put our devotion in, okay, God, your kingdom first, I'm seeking you first and, and guide me in my marriage. That's not going to get shaky. God's going to be stable. God's going to be all right. He's not going anywhere. And his truth is going to be truth today and tomorrow and forevermore. Focused hope. The reason you want to focus your ultimate hope to use your language, good thing, ultimate thing, your ultimate hope in, in God it's because that is the only thing that will last forever. Even in marriage, if you have a great marriage, sooner or later, you know, that person might die on you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's all of, and that was an exciting thought, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's, there's all of these things that we put our ultimate hope in, and yet Jesus is the only thing that can ultimately love us, ultimately love us back forevermore. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate hope uh, responds with ultimate security. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the only thing that is unchanging. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it. And so it's, it's brought this thought to mind. So uh, my, my grandparents, very godly, loved Jesus. In fact, the reason... I just saw you on a Zoom call with them yesterday yeah. morning. Every, every... Whenever. Yep. Every Tuesday, I'm on a, a Zoom call with them. Robert's uh, like yelling at the computer so they can hear. <laughs> 90, and, 90 and 91. And, uh, and, and I can trace my spiritual lineage back to them. Yeah. Uh, they, they met Jesus as adults uh, and then raised their family to follow Jesus. And, and, and there's been a complete change ripple uh, throughout the family tree. And, and I'm a beneficiary of that. Um, grateful for their faith, but I'm watching them 90 and 91. And, and they're in those, they're, they're in those final stages. She has uh, dementia. Um, so even on the zoom call, you know, who's, who's that, who's that. So grandpa's there with her reminding her of names and, and I'm watching them go toward the finish line. 
and it's beautiful. And what makes it so beautiful is their life was about Jesus first. And and I know that even though um, she's struggling physically, they they got some ailments and and all of that, and and one of them will pass uh, before the other, and um, that that will happen. But that's not what their whole foundation is built on. That that's just been the fruit of their relationship with Jesus has been a great marriage for decades and decades and decades. Um, and anyhow, it's sad and it's beautiful. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. Um, but if if your whole world is in your marriage, there will come a day one of you is going to pass away. Yeah. And and then what? Yeah. That's that's such a great testimony. And I, I Robert admires his grandparents and takes advice from them. And I learned from your grandparents a lot, even though I've never actually met them, uh, just because of their impact on you. Um, we're talking about marriage, and we've talked about the corner office. There are a myriad of things yeah. that we focus our hope in, our ultimate hope, and, that, and, that, and that's a mistake. Mary here, um, with reckless abandon. She doesn't care what anybody in the room thinks. Yeah, she she's not worried about dignity here at the mm-hmm. moment. She's just worshiping Jesus. Um, what in your life right now are people going, why are you so crazy about this? You know what I mean? It's it's like, this doesn't make any sense. If you've ever seen somebody and you're just like, why are they working that many hours? Why are they giving up everything for that relationship? Why are they, you know, whatever, why are they doing this? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, you're seeing worship at play. Yeah. Everybody's because, worshiping something. Because worship is full of reckless abandon. Mm-hmm. It's, this will redeem my life. All of my hope, right? Everything I'm counting on is in this thing. And um, when we make that something that's not stellar, that that is shaky, uh, we are setting ourselves up for massive disappointment. And yet in this moment, the beautiful... Um, the beautiful juxtaposition, right, is 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 she is putting her full hope in God who is going to die for her. Yeah. Um, God is the only ultimate hope that ultimately loves us back. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing, beautiful, wonderful, good news of great joy for all people. Um, piece of news that is, mm-hmm. right? But the thing about, because there's, there's kind of three people really at play in this this account. You have Judas, you have Mary, you have Jesus. Um, I'm going to use a really dumb analogy, so forgive me. Um, I was having a conversation with a guy, and he was talking about avocados and bananas. And he said, you know, bananas— This is going to be powerful. I can feel it. He goes, uh, bananas, sometimes they look all bruised and beat up on the outside, and you open it up, and it's perfect. It's a perfect banana, whatever. He says, avocados, sometimes they look so great, you cut into them, and they're just all rotten on the inside. He goes— I'd rather be a banana. It's <laughs> like, wow. But it stuck with me. Um, that was really deep, man. I'd rather be a banana. But in this moment, you have an avocado and you have a banana. You have this yeah. religious guy going, let's give to the poor. Let's all that. But on the inside, he's self-serving. He's, he's worshiping. The court. Yep. He, he's worshiping. He's going to sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of That's silver. That's right. He's yeah. going to end up betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He, he's all about, he's chasing, he's chasing that. Uh, and then you have Mary who's got a reputation. And, and she's got a history. And, and what is she doing in the presence of Jesus in this day and day and, and culture and going into this place where the men are gathered and all that? And she didn't care. And it's a banana moment where on the outside, everyone's judging her and going, whatever. And I can't believe she would do that. But at the core, it's just right. Yeah. 
and, and it's beautiful. So I, I know it's a stupid analogy, but uh, it came to mind as we're talking. Worship, it, it's not about the surface. And, and so you can fake worship on the surface uh, and, and be genuinely somewhere else. Uh, but I believe what... God is revealing through this account is what true worship is. It's it's not outside in; it's inside out. That that's where worship comes from, and uh, and she's worshiping from the inside out in this moment. Yeah. So focused hope. Mm-hmm. Um, where's our hope focused today? Uh, I'll just tell you right now. Even in this conversation, I'm thinking, dude. As far as today, because this is a day by day gig, I need to adjust my trust a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm focusing on some of the wrong things for identity, security, what actually gives me strength. And it could be you're listening right now and you can relate to that. So worship is focused, focused hope. And let's focus on him. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.